the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Arns Julius. When was the first one established? I'm trying to find a place that Artis Gilmore would have been getting some snacks in an airport, really roughing it, as Mike Greenberg was saying, versus the NBA players today who fly private and charter. Wouldn't you just go with Duncan? I mean, that's the obvious. That's the East Coast phenomenon. I'm sure it was oh, LaGuardia. We need, we need a place at LaGuardia? Yeah. Uh, the first expansion to the East Coast for Cinnabon was at a place that I, uh, I've been to many times, and I assume you have too, King of Prussia Mall. I have been. Uh, you do understand that what Greeny was doing there, that was for effect, because Cinnabon's a funny name. It's funny to say it. So you're letting... I want accuracy. Uh, no. You don't, you don't let facts get in the way of a narrative or a joke. Okay. You think too hard on this stuff. Fair enough. I get where he was going on that. Well, just give me something that's accurate. The joke is better with a funny name. La Petite Boulangerie would have been more funny. Or funnier. It, it could have been. Pepper Farms was terrible. Your alternative sucked. I already called you on that during the break. Well, you were asking for mall things, not airport things. You would kind of change the narrative. Well, because I think a lot. I think some of the most popular, uh, you know, fast food, whatever, food joints at malls were also the places at airports. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I think, I mean, Duncan, I think is the is the logical one. How about we just stick to sports? No. Brett Favre would like that. No, he wouldn't. Keep politics out of sports. Brett Favre was on a radio show recently. Let's hear what he had to say. Yeah, and I think uh, both sides, uh, for the most part, want to see it just remain about the sport, not about politics. Um, at least that's my interpretation. I, I know when I turn on a, a game – I want to watch the game. I want to watch players play and teams win, lose, uh, come from behind. I want to watch all the, you know, the important parts to the game, not what's going on outside of the game. And I think the the general fan uh, feels the same way. I think certain fans feel the same way, but I also don't even understand what he's talking about. Uh, when I turn on the game, I want to watch the game and not outside stuff. What, what is there, a couple of mentions here and there during a game? If, if that's even the case, during the game, during the actual game is the game. I mean, what, a random Bob Costas mention of whatever, you know, might be an important news item or social cause? Are the games overwhelmed within the game? Well, first of all. By stuff that's non-football? Guess what, Brett? Real easy. I, I've said this before, and I don't do it because of whatever politics or what or anything. I've mentioned on the air. I don't. I don't listen to the broadcast. I watch games. Yeah. Uh, it's on mute. Guess how much I get? That's not the game. Zero. So, isn't that an easy choice? Of okay, you don't want to hear about it. First of all, I don't think I don't believe. Not like I do that every game. I sometimes I of course watch the broadcast and listen to the listen to the answers, but. Like, if you want to, if you did want to take it out, then just watch the game and t- take the other stuff out. You do want to hear things. You do want to see things because you want to get angry about it. 
That's part of it. And what he what he's really saying, and he's just what he's doing is trying to talk around what he really means. And that's why he's talking very slowly and thinking about every single word that he's saying. He doesn't want to get get accused of anything or whatever. He he's against because he's talked about it. He's against protesting the anthem. Which fine, I'm with you. Take politics out of it. Stop playing it. That's huh? taking politics out of the game. Unfortunately, the anthem has been. I'll use the both sides. I don't believe there's such a thing as both sides, but the anthem has become an issue for different sides. Um, and the, I think the beginning of it was it being weaponized, and patriotism for profit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So true. that keep that out of the game. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I, I, By the way, they, they most they mostly have gotten rid of televising the anthem, and people are still like, "It's still going on during the game." Well, they, you're not watching then. They right. don't they don't show the anthem. Well, that but that's the problem. They they want they do want politics in it. They want their politics in it. Okay. That that's what it's always been. I mean, I've been consistent in this. Nobody in the world. Act, okay. We always know. Don't ever say like one percent of people. All right really don't want politics in sports. They want their politics in sports. That's what people want. Or or just maybe they don't want their politics, but they just don't want the other side, quote-unquote, politics in the sport. Like, I, I, I'm good with no politics, but I really just, you know, just stand for the anthem and show show that, like, no, that's politics. So, like, the the, the whole stick to sports or keep politics out is not a real thing. That's such a small percentage of people that want that. I always warn people about getting worked up that this could be part of the bit. Isn't Brett Favre just doing what he's supposed to do? This is kind of his character as Mississippi guy who's, you know, I'm old school. Yeah. Isn't he just playing to that? I mean, it's kind of his character. And then he gets reaction and he gets more jobs and more interviews and more money and more of the whatever, the brass thing that he wears or bronze or whatever it is. Copper. It's copper. Right. That's the bracelet. Uh, it's I don't. It's a it's a bracelet. It's the, now there's like a there's like a girdle thing that helps your back, makes you look thinner, elbow, knee, ankle. He's got to be making a killing off it. I can't imagine he's doing that for nothing. As big a name as he is, I mean, he's. I think he makes money for everything. Sure, as it should be. His his so the, unwelcome is, is, private DMs are sponsored. Isn't this his right? Isn't this his brand? So you're just buying into his brand by screaming and yelling. That's fine. I mean, you can get me worked up by doing this. Anybody can. I don't. Yeah. I don't care yeah, yeah. if it's for profit. Whatever. It's it's going to annoy me because you're not being you're not being genuine about it. You're lying. So yeah, you're going to get me worked up. And if that's what it's for, then fine. I'll I'll keep getting worked up about the nonsensical, almost curse there. Oh, be careful. Uh, BS that's going on. Because he's not being real about this. And, and you can tell by the way he's talking. When you're choosing every single word, like when you listen to him talk there, it's worse than the, the written one that I was reading earlier because he's like, I feel like it should. Like he's thinking about every single word so that he doesn't say thing, something that can be attacked back because he knows what he really means here. Uh, we'll keep frenzying uh, this hour, the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to get to our path to the draft spot. Number eight pick is up as we've been going from 32 on down to number one. The Panthers are up, and we'll go to uh, one of the experts in Carolina. 
Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. It's time for Cofield and Company's Path to the Draft. Presented by Weed Sellers, WeedSellers.com. That's Weed, C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com. All right, time to get into the Panthers. A lot of news in the offseason. Uh, they're at a key spot in that first round. We were just talking about betting the top ten and you know, we don't know what the Panthers are going to do, but we're going to find out. We'll get a better idea. Sharon Thorsland has covered the Panthers for a long time. She's a Panthers reporter for WBT in Charlotte. Sharon, how you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you guys doing? We are good. We are good. So let's first of all set up the uh, the draft and the outlook for the draft by talking about the big move of the offseason, and uh, that was Sam Darnold. So what's the greeting been like for Sam Darnold so far? Well, um, there's been sort of a, a bag of reactions here in Carolina. Everybody hung up on wanting to get Deshaun Watson, you know, the local Clemson boy in town, but I think it was uh, a bit of a disappointment to have to realize that that wasn't going to happen, and um, that they brought Darnold in, and it was like, whoa, what's this all about? So um, he's getting a little bit of a, a lukewarm reaction in that respect, but um, I tell you what, we uh, talked with Coach Rule on Tuesday, and he is just all over Sam Darnold. Very excited about getting him in here. They love his arm strength, his mobility in the pocket. They couldn't say enough good things about him. So um, they're very high on him. They've allowed Teddy Bridgewater to seek a trade um, to see if he can go elsewhere, and I would venture to say he should end up elsewhere before it's all done. So it looks to be as of right now that they're going to be going with Sam Darnold as their starter. So um, fans around here will have to be used to that. I am interested about the Watson part of that, though. Like, how much interest was there, do you think, from Carolina? How much would they have pursued him? And do you think there was any thought? I mean, this would be really risky from a PR standpoint, but reaching out and saying, hey, how much has the price dropped? Can we still trade for him? I think there was a huge amount of interest. Um, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, has um, a very deep pockets, as you know, and um, he wants Deshaun Watson badly. He wanted him badly here in town. So I know that there was a, a huge amount of interest in trying to acquire him. The Texans, of course, were saying no, no, no. They weren't even listening to any trade talks. At this point, I, I don't know if they would take something that risky until they find out a little bit more about what is going on with this whole situation. But I, I would not put it out of the realm of possibility that he ends up here one of these days. Interesting. Well, you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he can seek a deal. What do you think they can get for him, and will he be gone by the time the draft happens? I, I don't know that he'll be gone by the time the draft happens. Um, I don't know how much interest there has been out there. I know there's, there's been some. Uh, he, he performed really well the first half of the season, and then as things really started breaking down with the offensive line and they just got so inconsistent, um, the second half of the season um, he, he just did not play well. So, um, you know, but I think he's going to be a, a valuable backup for somebody. Whether or not he can be a starter in this league again remains to be seen. But um, I think they're they're trying. I think actively to to get him off of this roster. Um, Scott Fitterer, the GM, talks about him almost in the past tense now. And um, Coach Rule just the other day was as well. Somebody asked if if he would be if to envision a scenario where Bridgewater remains on the roster to be sort of a mentor. Um, 
and and it'd be more of that role in a backup. And he said, yeah, he, he doesn't really see that one happening. And if it if it did, he doesn't really seem to care if it if it's fair or not to Teddy Bridgewater. He said, you know, it, it is what it is. Life's not fair in this business. So I, I think if they had their druthers, they'd like to move him. And I think that they would like to give him a chance to get moved long before the season starts and have some more opportunities. So, but not sure if that'll happen before the draft. So Sam Darnold in place in Carolina. Does that disqualify them from going with a quarterback in the first round? Absolutely not. They made that perfectly clear as well on Tuesday. They said um, it certainly does not preclude them from taking a quarterback at this point. It just gives them a little more breathing room, a little more flexibility in what they are going to go for. They don't feel... I don't think they feel that pressing need anymore to have to take a quarterback at number eight if, if push comes to shove. Now, if somebody just happens to fall there, I don't know that any of them are going to be left by the time they pick around at number eight anyway. Um, but if, if one of them did, I know that they, they just love Zach Wilson, but I, I doubt that he would be around. Um, also, we're very high on Mac Jones before. haven't talked a whole lot about Justin Fields, but I, I would think that if one of those guys was there, that they would take him at number eight because this quarterback situation has been in flux for them. They tried Teddy Bridgewater quickly, didn't like that. Um, the Darnold move gives them uh, a lot of it's, – it's an easy move for them to make because he's only got two years left on the deal, so it's not going to break the bank if they wanted to bring in a new young quarterback, trade him for a year or two under Darnold, and then move, up, move forward. So um, they definitely would, could still take a quarterback at number eight, absolutely. Uh, if they don't go quarterback, or as if, if you're saying, if all the quarterbacks – could potentially be gone there uh i would think offensive tackle would be the next area to go is that accurate or is there another position of need that they need to go with that's um certainly an area of need i could actually see them more likely though going for uh kyle pitt the tight end out of florida they just really need a tight end um greg Olson, of course they let walk last year ian thomas just has not lived up to his expectations, Chris Manning, can be blocking tight end, just left free agency. They literally have no tight ends right now. <laughs> and, um, they really are high on Kyle Pitts. So if he was going to have lead, I see that they would take him over an offensive tackle. Now, they have been able to shore up the line, you know, to some extent. Um, they brought in a couple of guys in free agency, and Pat Elfline and Cam Urban, they just re-signed John Miller. So they've, they've got some guys back. They've got Taylor Merton back on the franchise tag. So I think the offensive line needs have gone down a little bit from where they were just a couple of weeks ago. Um, defensively, uh, we, we've talked a lot about who could be the first defensive player off the board. There may not be one uh, off the board by the time Carolina picks. If they were to go defense, uh, any thought where they might go? Well, uh, they, they have two real areas of need. They need a defensive tackle, for sure. Um, they need to replace Kwan Short, and um, he's one of the guys that uh, they, they need to get somebody up there. They've only got Derek Brown really left up there, who's their best guy in a little bit of depth. So that or cornerback. Um, cornerback is the other one. They need a starter opposite Dante Jackson. They really struggled in coverage last season, were really inconsistent. So they need to bring in A.J. Bouye in, in free agency. But um, they definitely, definitely need somebody defensively. And I tell you what, if um, Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn, one of those guys sitting there at number eight, they'd jump on him. Interesting. A lot of a uh, lot of possibilities. We're uh, we're looking at the betting market, and that's kind of where some of these some of these come from. And uh, definitely some props out there. And who's the first defensive player off the board? So that would be uh, an intriguing uh, match there if they go corner. Yeah. Well, I know that's uh, that's been an only trouble for a couple of years now. There, so um, they let Rasul Douglas go in, in free agency, and um, he was um, solid for them last year. So 
um, they they need they need some help there. So uh, it's tough. You know, it's funny. You know, the Panthers for years. I mean, every I think probably every GM always says this: we're going to take the best player available regardless of position. We're not going to reach for position needs, et cetera, et cetera. So. And then it seems like every year they end up reaching for, or they're going for position. But um, last year went straight defense. Um, you know, they they took uh, straight defense last year with everybody that they that they drafted. So uh, I don't see that happening again this year. But um, they, they certainly have some needs on the defensive side of the ball. The voice of Sharon Thorsland on Cofield and Company here in Vegas as we're doing our path to the draft. Carolina Panthers are up. Uh, the numbers are out for win totals, over under win totals. There's now 17 games with the change. Panthers are yeah. slated over under seven and a half. So can they go eight and nine or better, or are they going to be a team that struggles just to get to like seven wins? I think it's more likely to be the team that struggles to get to seven wins. I mean, you've got the quarterback situation that really still is not settled because, I mean, Darnold, sure, he had lots of great expectations coming into New York, but has not exactly lived up to that hype. So, you know, I, I'm not sold on everything that Sam Darnold could do at this point. Um, You've got Christian McCaffrey, obviously, who's coming back and is, is on track to be completely healthy right now, and uh, DJ Moore there at receiver. But you, you don't you have too many missing pieces, I think, right now for this team to break that win threshold. I just don't see that happening. You, you mentioned Chris McCaffrey. How close is he to being full strength? And, and also, how much of a plan have you heard of of maybe managing reps in the future so that he's able to stay healthy throughout a season? Yeah, um, what we were told on Tuesday, I mean, they don't have a whole lot of contact with him right now, obviously, it's a dead period, but he is on track. He's, um, you know, rehabbed, and he, he's on track to be ready to start when they start. They're starting their off-season workouts on Monday, uh, virtually, but he's supposedly going to be completely ready to go here and 100% healthy for this season, and Matt Rule has said it since day one. He does not plan on managing Christian McCaffrey's reps. They feel like they're going to get him out there and play him as much as they need to to win, so... I think having some more pieces to the puzzle out there for him offensively to take a little bit of the pressure off will certainly help that, but they're not going to give him a pitch count by any means where he's not going to be, you know, they're, gonna, they're not going to pull him after a certain amount of time. So I think what they're going to try to do, they're gonna, they need to bolster the running back situation because they let Mike Davis go. Um, they need to bring in a receiver. That's an area they are going to be looking at in the draft is to bring in another receiver. They lost Curtis Samuel to the um, Washington football team. So, uh, I think if they can get him some help offensively, some more weapons, especially if they are like a Kyle Pitts, that's going to take some of the pressure off of Christian McCaffrey and they don't have to worry about managing his reps. Sharon, that was awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the info. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. There you go. Sharon Thorsland, WBT in Charlotte, and the Panthers hopefully on the upswing, but they do have some needs. They have they have a lot of needs. So, so uh, you know what? Um, after the break, I want to pull up their betting odds on position, and we can we can take a look at it and see the best uh, the best value. Um, quarterback, I don't know, man. To me, if you trade a second round pick and you invest in Sam Darnold, I don't know that you're taking a quarterback at the eighth pick. Yeah, I think they'll take a corner a quarterback at some point in the draft. Right. Uh, I doubt it'll be with that pick, uh, but I also can I can definitely see them trading down because they have multiple needs. Yep. Uh, and if one like. You want one of the quarterbacks to fall to you, not to take him, but so somebody will trade up and try to grab him because you are picking right ahead of Denver, who probably would take a quarterback. So you're in a pretty good position of power there where, say, a, a Lance or a Fields fell, all of a sudden you could be like, all right, who wants this pick? We need to get multiple picks. They got to move back. Think about all the teams behind them between 
the thirst for the quarterback. There could be teams rodding up over a wide receiver to get up to eight. Right? Yeah. It's a valuable spot, and you have multiple needs. So I, I would definitely be interested in trading that pick. So, you know, that area for the longest time was filled with, I'll mention the team, Redskins, because that's what they were at the time that was the name. Um, that was really a big D.C. football fan oh, yeah. area. Uh, and then the Panthers came along. Did you see that uh, season ticket holders got emails yesterday about some research on a potential permanent name instead of football team? Not okay. not Panthers fans. Football team Football fans. team fans. Football team season ticket holders. I thought they were sticking with football team. You know, I saw that like two weeks ago, yeah. and I, I was like, I don't, that cannot be. <laughs> I like it. That's not correct. That's not correct. Some of the names, they were actually given like 10 options. Some of the names included the Aces. Boy, Reno's going to get mad. Remember when Reno got mad? There were some idiots in Reno who were like, that's a baseball team. Shut okay, let's, let's, let's engage in a brawl, Reno, over the WNBA team and the AAA team. Okay. Aces, Archers, Beacons, Belters, Redtails, Razorbacks, Defenders, and actually football team was still on the list. I love it. I want football team to stay. <laughs> uh, I would also – I would – Can I mention one more? They, they, they threw out, like, more soccer themes. Okay. The Washington First City Football Club. What? I like it. First, you do like it. First City FC? Uh, FC, FC. FC, FC, I like it. Uh, I actually, I'm not, this sounds like a joke, like a oh, politics in Washington joke. I Gridlock is a great name. Like, I love that name. It would be so awesome because it's not just politics. It's traffic every day. As, you know, someone who lived there growing up, you, like, if you think there's traffic here, there's not. L.A. and Washington is where there's traffic. It is unbelievable. And I think there could be some cool, like, so, some cool like uh, logo concepts and mascot concepts out of the gridlock. I would love that to be the name. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. So all day long, we've been talking about the uh, draft betting options. We'll do more of that with Tony Miller from the Golden Nugget in about 15 minutes. Carolina Panthers draft position, first-round pick. What position will it be? Big favorite is offensive lineman. And I – listen, I'm a Panay Sewell guy, whatever that means. But that's how I would build my team. right? I believe if, if, if the Jets were further down, if the Jets actually could get lots of value – and, and move back, I would take Sewell, and I'd be like, all right, now I got my two tackles, hopefully for like 10 years. But if you're going, whether it's Darnold or, or if they pick someone, you know, this year, if there's a great offensive lineman in front of you, you got to take him. Yeah. I agree. think so. Anyway, Panthers offensive lineman's plus 120. Cornerback, right, could be uh, Sertan, 4-1. to one. Quarterback, 4-1. to one. All right. Linebacker seven to one. I guess that would be Micah Parsons. Yeah, that, that's pretty much the only candidate there in terms of, of linebacker. Uh, I have had consistently uh, Panthers going offensive line. I think it's a, a big need. Uh, as she just mentioned, they they've addressed it a little bit on the offensive line uh, in free agency, but I think they still have they still have a big need uh, for a tackle. Uh, and so I, you know, I think they go over Sean Slater. I think Panay Sewell is long gone at this point. 
So if you th- if you think Sewell's long gone, then you're betting against like all these offensive players or many of them going in that like four to eight range or four to seven range. Well, that's where it seems like they're all slated. Like a lot of the over unders are like you know are sitting there at four and a half, five and a half, six and a half. Well, either they're either they slip and Sewell is you know Sewell's taken earlier and they slip or vice versa. Well. Just as a you know, as an aside, if you if you uh, check out the recent mock draft, I have Mac Jones going fifteen. So Mac Jones falling out, uh, but if you go Pitts at four to the Falcons, uh, and then Sewell at five to the Bengals, uh, six I think would be Jamar Chase, which what a steal for the Dolphins to have traded out of three and still get the guy that I think they would have taken at three. Which is a great coup for them. They went six or three to twelve back to six, uh, get assets and still get the same guy they were going to pick anyway, uh, which is good for them. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think that Lions go with either Waddle or Smith at seven, as a, from a wide receiver uh, standpoint. And then uh, it leaves you to take an offensive tackle if you're, you know, take Rashawn Slater if you're the Panthers. Uh, by the way, the big uh, gambling news. Of the day, NFL news of the day, and uh, we were going to get to this about 30 minutes ago, but I didn't get to it. Tease board. I was going crazy around 3.55. Uh, Justin Fields. Man, we had just discussed this on Monday and, and Tuesday with, well, especially Monday, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus said he was driving around last weekend because he lives in Cincinnati. Betting's not available in Ohio. That he drove to Indiana and he drove to Pennsylvania to get down money on Justin Fields. To go in the number three hole, Mac Jones has been a big favorite. Uh, you bet it earlier in the week at what? What'd you get Fields at? Plus two fifty. I got it at plus two twenty-five. Uh, right now, you can bet it at Justin Fields here at William Hill. Justin Fields, you got two fifty. I got two twenty-five. Yeah. You can get today if you rush down. Well, just get your app out, right? And you can bet Justin Fields at minus one thirty. <laughs> He's the favorite. The clear favorite. It flipped that much. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what the hell? What the hell has been found out? Or have you seen anything out in the media? What, what's what's out there? I mean, I think there, there's growing perception. Uh, I would like to say it's my mock draft, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> um, I will say I think this might be money. Uh, we'll we would try to find behind the scenes and see uh, where William Hill is. But um, you know, I'm not the only one that bet it. You're not the only one that bet it. I heard from some pretty big betters that were like checking with me, like, hey. What do you think? And I believe they all locked it in. So then uh, there's going to be a ton of people who are going to get their brains beaten in if he doesn't go three. Oh, maybe. That's crazy, Well, you're doing it to set up. Then now you can come back and you can also bet Mac Jones is a plus. Oh, good point. Um, I know somebody that had a plus $7 on Mac Jones to go third from way back. Oh, wow. And now they bet the plus 250 on Justin Fields, and now you've got plus money on both. So explain this again. What you could have is Sharps who got a great number and then are betting it back. On the yeah, other side, for sure, and yeah. and that's what I mean. That's what in all sports, that's what pro betters do. Right, uh, but in the draft in particular, I mean, you can find ways to do this. I know uh, when I was just talking about the Justin Fields thing on Twitter, I have a, a professional better friend who sent to me uh, that he has um, Justin Fields' draft position under four and a half even money. So, like, there's there's so many different ways to bet this that you can just give yourself positions all over the place and be in be in a spot where you can just win, you know, either way, no matter where somebody goes. A lot of fluctuation in the market is what I'm saying. I'm not a professional, so oftentimes I forget what I've bet. 
That happens. <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> happens for sure. Uh, I'm definitely not betting against myself, but I know I wanted the the over under four and a half. I know I was talking about the, that the other day because the under was minus 105. You just mentioned even, but minus 105 here at William Hill. So you can see the, the excitement's kind of building for, especially the quarterbacks make it really interesting. And now we're going to have at all these different sports books more and more options or more options than we've ever had. All right. Uh, there was a narrative building in certain markets. We had a Denver guy on the other day, Judge Dan, who was flipping out about the Broncos, uh, siding with the Players Association, saying we're not going to the voluntary workouts. I saw some Raiders fans. Did you tell the story? Whoever told it on the air? Weren't there some Raiders fans who were like, Raiders players would never do this. They care too much about the game. Sure. They're more passionate. And you fired back. You're like, it's about the union. It's about the effort of retaining rights and gaining strength against the league, and now we just had a release come down. Do you have it in front of you? Uh, yeah, there was a statement that was put out. I do have it right here. Um, and, yeah, what you're referencing is people are saying, why wouldn't the Raiders show up? They're already practicing on their own. Yeah, they're, they're doing they're not. It's not like they don't want to work, but it, you're right. It's a union thing. Uh, they said, we have come together as a team to discuss the important issues related to our health and safety. We know the devastating impact COVID-19 has had on our membership, our families, and our home city of Las Vegas this past year. And we continue to feel for everyone in our community and our country who has been impacted by the coronavirus. Given the data and facts shared by our union about reduced injuries and other health benefits of the virtual offseason last year, players from our team will not participate in a voluntary in-person workout program. We respect those players on our team and across the NFL who have contractual incentives linked to their participation in the program. But we stand in solidarity with our fellow players who are making the best decision on behalf of themselves and their family. So uh, if you really want to read deep into this, first of all, there is an acknowledgement, hey, some guys are going to lose money because of this, uh, and that sucks for them. Uh, there also is the big opening statement about COVID, you know, about the impact and, and everything else. Uh, but then if you really look in the middle here, the, the middle of the statement is very important, where, it's, where it says, given the data and facts shared by our union about reduced injuries and other health benefits of the virtual offseason last year. So, yes, there is, there's COVID concerns. There also is, you know, the concerns about players that don't, don't get their incentives. Uh, also, you know, the fact that there's a 17th game. But what they're really saying here is last year worked out just fine. There was less injuries. People were healthier. They were in better shape. They weren't traveling back and forth and going out on the field and working during the season. They were getting healthy on their own and in shape on their own. There wasn't, like, this big influx of guys coming into camp out of shape, except like one or two here and there, particularly on the Raiders. Um, but for the most part, guys were held accountable for getting in their own shape and being ready and not being on the field and going through uh, a lot of these off-season workouts. So, you know, yes, there is COVID issues and COVID concerns still, but this to me is about, is about you know, not going through uh, the off-season program because last year actually worked out just fine for the vast majority of players and what they're saying is, without saying it, there's a 17th game this year. So you're getting us for an extra week. You're making money off us an extra week. We're not giving you the offseason. There's no volunteering. No. All right. We'll get more feedback on this in the 5 o'clock hour. Tony Miller's coming up in about 10 minutes. You want some more football team email names? Yes. So I was saying earlier that the uh, Washington football team had sent out some name suggestions, some ideas to its season ticket holders. And now the season ticket holders are like, hey, this is what I got. So I mentioned earlier, aces, archers, beacons, belters, red tails, razorbacks, defenders. 
Also on the list, Demon Cats, okay. Anchors, Royals, Majors, Guardians, Brigade, Icons. Mm. Nothing? Brigade, icons, nah, a little too on brand, on point. I don't like that one. Um, Demon Cats is interesting. <laughs> DC, DC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Would they trade for Derek Carr? Wow. DC running the ship for the DC, DC. Griffins. Okay. Warriors. Armada. The Washington Rising. The Washington Swifts. The Commanders. The Pilots. The Rubies. Is there an alternate meaning aside from... Red. You know, a red ruby? Red. Oh, okay. Renegades. And then again, someone was given Washington, D.C. Football Club, D.C. FC. I mean, I don't mind D.C. FC. Uh, but it's just, it's, not, it's just not an NFL thing. I think it would be kind of weird. I think we've read like 26 names. I don't know that one really hit me. No, not really. Would you go gridlock? Are you going with mine? So explain that one. Well, it's, it, it has dual meaning. First of all, it has the worst traffic situation in America. So gridlock. Uh, but also gridlock in Washington has always been a thing. It's always been, you know, we can't get anything passed between the parties and everything else. And I just feel like it sounds cool. Like it, there's definitely names you could, you know, that you could use. and Definitely logos and mascots you can build off gridlock. I'm here for it. Are we mature enough to be adults and have teams named after weapons? Or we can't do that because we already had the Washington Wizards had to go away from the bullets. Could you be like the Washington Bombers? No. Why not? It's a, it's again, dual purpose. Right, we're, we're destroying you and we're throwing freaking bombs. We're already ch- sure, but if we're already changing the name for so, politically correct reasons. We have to go. So PC, we still have to be PC on the second one. I think so. On the next one. I think so. I'm not f- – I don't, I don't care, but I, I think if you're – like if you're going to change a name for PC purposes – I don't think you just go right back at it. How many of these 26 names will be crossed out after there's a deep dive on them and then there's some negative connotation attached to it? What about the justices? Possibly. I like that. Like, What's a belter? Well, beltway. Okay. Um, what if you were hit by a belt as a child? Does it bring up bad memories if you're a belter? Well, maybe it's bringing or, awareness or, to, to child abuse. The DC or, yeah. switch. Sure. Or you go back to uh, Ralph Cramden, who wanted a belter all the time. Senator of the Moon. Right. Washington Moons. Razorbacks. I think that, I know I know Arkansas kind of has the the uh, you know the, the, the ownership of that, but I think the logo would be friggin' awesome. Well isn't this just a a, a, a nod to the uh, the hogs? Oh that would be yeah, why why don't they just go with any kind of they should have like th- like I don't know how many how many different nicknames for pigs or sw- like not the swine yeah. Washington swine. Why don't we just look up like every pig synonym? Yeah, or whatever, whatever the species of the different kinds of pigs. Pork bellies. The pork bellies would be good. It has a dual meaning, also. <laughs> they gotta be more creative. Come on. 
Well, it's tough. You, as don't, we're need learning to, you don't need right to be now, the, you don't need to be the anchors. As we're learning right now, it's tough. It's not easy to come up with a name that people are going to like. Golden Knights games and 77 cent Bud Light bottles. Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino has you hooked up. Coalfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. Let's go downtown, talk to our buddy Tony Miller, Golden Nugget. What's up, Tony? Hey, Steve. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Are you guys out of the dungeon yet? Do you have uh, your draft props ready to go? Uh, still working on them. It's a lot of work, man, but we're putting a whole bunch together. So uh, hopefully we get them out either tomorrow or the next day. God, what a giant pain in the ass, but it's worth it because we want them. We want them. I, I wanted to run this one by um, – here at William Hill, Adam and I both got down on Justin Fields as a number three pick at the beginning of the week, and Adam got plus 250, Justin Fields' number three pick. Uh, I got plus 225. It is now flipped to Justin Fields is minus 130. He's the favorite. Adam was just explaining. Well, you, you know what? Roll it by Tony and see what he thinks of what you're saying about why this may have happened. Oh, I mean, I think all these movements are in the draft, especially are based on narrative and stories that are coming out. But uh, also it can be done by money, right? I mean, that's that's how things move, either uh, narrative change or money brings it in. And I think a lot of people were uh, betting on fields. I, I heard from several people yesterday who were planning on betting on fields to go to number three. And uh, when those two things combine, you can see lines move pretty drastically, right? Oh, no doubt, Adam. You know, it's exactly two weeks away from the draft. If you got to point to social media, look at all the things coming out there and listen to what's going on and what these teams are doing, there's going to be some jockeying around. There's going to be some trades and whatnot. But, yeah, the, when it comes to the quarterback situation with these quarterbacks, we know who's number one. That's pretty obvious. But after that, we know between Mac Jones and Justin Fields, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. I mean, it, it's, it's all over the place, man. And these guys are going to jockey back and forth. And once the props do go up, you know, money's going to come fast and furious of, uh, of certain players, and it's going to jockey quite a bit but uh i'm 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 all every second i'm looking at social media trying to figure out what's going on with some of these guys it's crazy too right like it's a new market for everybody uh the betting market in terms of the draft which used to not really be a thing and now it's a major thing uh how how difficult is that on your part to to monitor news but also like some news is just garbage like some is just yeah. dumb false rumors so how do you balance what's real, what's not, and, you know, where people's money is going to come before they put it down? Oh, it's tough, man, because, you know, a lot of these teams, like the Niners, maybe are putting out smoke screens. And, you know, are they really going after Mac Jones? Is that truly what they want? Is it Justin Fields? You just don't know. And there's going to be a lot of false information out there on Twitter and Instagram, and, you know, all over the place. So you got to be careful. Once we put the props up for the public to bet on, we got to see where the money comes. And, uh, you know, we're handling it. You know, we're going to move it fast and quick, and uh, it's going to come quick. How many do you expect to have? Uh, right now, we're, we're looking around 15 right now, but we're going to add more as we go in the next two weeks. Uh, just to get started, we're putting up 10 to 15 different props in the next couple of days. And then, sorry, uh, props mostly, if I, if I remember correctly from years past, they mostly come down the day before the draft, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Gaming makes us take them down, and uh, uh, they're come down because you know that last 24 hours is really chaotic. <laughs> Tony Miller's with us. Golden Nugget. So you're a Cowboys fan. Let's see if you can be objective here. Give us some good analysis. Come on, Tony. Uh, I, I found odds for the position of the first pick for the Cowboys. Cowboys have the 10th pick in the first round. The odds right now are even at cornerback, 3-1 to one defensive lineman, 3-1 to one offensive lineman, 8-1 to one linebacker, tight end on down. What do you think they're going to take? 
Well, it, to me, it's no brainer. They got to go for their weakest position right now, and that's cornerback. They lost two good guys in the off season to free agency. They got to go after Sertain at number ten if he's still there. Uh, they got to address that need really bad at cornerback. Other than that, they'll go for an edge rusher. But you know, Jerry Jones, man, he likes to he likes to make moves. He might trade out of there and give that spot up, or he might go after Pitts. I've been reading a lot about he's got his eyes on Pitts, so we'll see what happens. That, it's just so weird. Like I, I do think Pitts is a you know, a generational talent, and there's not that many of them at the tight end position. Uh, but do they really need another pass catcher? They've know, got it's like they're great what? at wide receiver, and like Dalton Schultz was a really good tight end last year. You know, Jerry Jones through history loves his tight ends from Novacek to you know the Witten and all these guys. He loves big tight ends, and he's famous for them. But uh, his eyes get big, man. He's like a kid in a candy store. Can he you know not do that and go for his need? And his need is cornerback. So we've talked the last couple of weeks about you know downtown opening up uh, a lot more. You're seeing the traffic at the Golden Nugget. I noticed yesterday. I think was there a job fair? At the yeah, Nugget? there was. There was. Uh, all right. Well, that's a good sign, right? Oh, absolutely, man. We're starting to bring people back. Things are opening up, and uh, come June first, hundred percent. I mean, it's going to be great. I think we're going to be back to normal real quick, and uh, we're excited down here. I got to come in to check out one of the restaurants. Where should I go? Should I go to a newer place? Nah, man. Check out the new Saltgrass as far as sports go because of the TV situation. The TVs in there are just unbelievable, and you're surrounded by these big screens all over while you're eating your steak. So perfect, perfect place to watch the game. That's in the old grotto space? The old grotto space, oh, right. Oh, man, that's, that's big. That's real big. All right. That'll be cool. All right. So what's, uh, I don't know, what's the vibe downtown in general? You talked to all the people downtown. What's the vibe about the uh, June 1st 100% capacity? Oh, it's awesome, man. Everyone, you know, we're chomping at the bit down here. You know, it's crazy anyway, you know. So, you know, if we just get rid of the mask sooner or later, we'll be back to normal. But the 100% vibe is just fantastic. And uh, no more of that six-foot stuff. Let people go chin-to-chin and arm-to-arm, and uh, we're ready for it. Wait wait a minute. No, we don't ever want to go back to that. <laughs> we're good. No mask, fine. But we don't need to, cl- to all climb together and crawl all over <laughs> each other again. Let's let's continue the spacing thing. Oh, buddy, man, I need the crowds. I need the business. It's going to be fun. And it's happening anyway, no matter what you say. <laughs> well, I mean, you know Adam. Yeah, oh, I know Adam. You can't, you can't hug the guy. He doesn't want to be touched. I know. He's all, yeah, I get it, Steve. We can have a lot of people and just space them out. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Adam. I'm generally, as Adam called me the other day, an eternal distancer that I, I like being six foot apart from people. Uh, we like. Can we reminisce for a second? You sent out a tweet. I, I didn't really get it. You were talking about your dad. You, you seem like, well, are you angry at baseball? Like, I don't understand. You were, like, ranting about infield shifts and launch angles. Like, what's going on, Tony? Big man, I am pissed about today's baseball, man. And, I'm, you know, my, uh, the day, <laughs> I mean, I, I, honestly, you know, when you see these guys start a game and then another guy comes in, he's got to face three batters. And, and, you know, the first thing you hear is a guy when he hits a home run, oh, that was 105 miles off the baseball, the launch angle of 86 degrees. I mean, I don't care about that. I don't care how far the ball, how fast the ball comes off the bat. I want to hear old-time baseball and watch old-time baseball, and I'm not getting it, and I'm not happy. Hold on. For years, I, I'm not putting this on you because I don't know that you said this, but for years we heard people say, oh, I don't like baseball anymore. You come in, you pitch to one guy, then it's a new pitcher. That's not my baseball. Now we're now we're having three batter minimum, and now we don't like that either? Oh, what do you do when you're watching the game and you see four guys shift to the right side of the second base bag with one outfielder? I mean, come on. Enough's enough. I thought it was like old school baseball. People though, used to complain that no one can bunt. Everyone should bunt then. 
Come, I love fighting. Learn how to hit. Hit oh. the other way. Oh, man. I, I, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. By the way, what do I do when I see four fielders playing to one side of the field? I'm like, wow, they must have this guy scouted really well. That's well, what I think. <laughs> and if you lay down a bunt, then they call you names for laying down a bunt. That's uh, chicken way out. Come on. Tony, were you more of a were you a power hitter, a, a line drive guy? Did you use the opposite field? Buddy, I was a dead pull hitter, man. You could have put eight guys on the left field foul line for me. That's all there was to it. Just swinging for the fences. All right, last one. Uh, how close are you to uh, one of our favorite moments of the year, and that's getting out the uh, college football games of the year? Oh, we're real close, buddy. We're going to have those released probably mid-next week. we got got 100 games we're putting up, uh, mostly the Power 5 teams, and uh, uh, we got a good schedule. The football season this year is going to be good, and those are going to be coming out probably mid-next week sometime. That's awesome. All right, Tony. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you, buddy. Thanks, guys. There he is, Tony Miller, Golden Nugget. He I, we just bring him on to beat him up when he when he throws out the freaking his boomer takes. Like he's not truly he's not truly a boomer. He's like a cool guy to hang out with. He's like you know he'll he'll, he'll get after it. He's baseball boomer. But then yeah, it's like every once in a while I'm like, well, you're, why are you ranting about who gives a crap if a reliever starting in the first inning yeah, or a launch well, angle? The, the the launch angle is actually cool. There's you have so many home runs now. It's great and the shift is cool. It's what you're supposed to I, do. I, I'm sorry. Anti-shifters are just fools. Learn how to freaking hit then. Combat it as a hitter by learning how to hit. Hit yes. the ball the opposite way. You're a professional baseball player. You're yeah. a lefty. You can't punch the ball but you know, close to the third baseline when they have, they're shifted over to the right. Also, you lay down at like six or seven bunts over, over a week. Uh, they're not going to do it anymore. So you can break the shift, and then you can hit however you want. Big Five is on the way. We'll get to uh, just a horrific crime being committed in the state of Alaska. I, I can't wait to find out about this one. And, uh, well, big news for the Raiders. They had a lot of defensive linemen. They got rid of two of them, and uh, one of the names is certainly surprising. Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles.